Watch Your Mouth podcast, podcast all about phrase etymology and why we say what we say. I am Milo. And I'm Dave. He's my dad. And she's my daughter. That is how that works. Yep. Pretty much all the time. Usually. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is the first episode ever. Whoa, welcome. Yeah, and we hope you really enjoy it. We are excited to put this out there, out into the world. Mm -hmm. But we've got to be honest with you. Uh Uh-oh. Honesty hour. It is a little bit time for honesty. This is the first podcast in as we've recorded the or released these. Mm-hmm. How many times have we recorded this specific episode? My well, own? it's okay. So this is our pilot, um, and we did a practice run of it without recording when we were first like you know planning out the show. Then we did a test recording of it. Then we did a, like real recording of it. And that one wasn't good, so we re-recorded it again, and that one was really bad. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are again, however many times in, re-recording our first episode. So, yeah, if this sounds different, if somehow, for some reason, somebody's going back and (laughs) re-listening to the first episode, the audio was not good, and we were getting feedback. So this is about the fifth time we've recorded this specific topic. But for you, if you're new to the podcast, this is brand new to you. And you probably didn't need any of that backstory, uh-huh. but we wanted to tell you anyway. Yep, but, you know, we've done this before, and full honesty, hopefully this is the last time that we do it. We don't, we don't want to do this again. Yes. I think it's a good episode. I think it's interesting. Yeah. But we're, we're, we've done it a few times. Yep. It's a strange place to start the podcast with. It's kind of a different episode because in a podcast that centers around looking up the origins of phrases and things that we say all the time, we're starting with something that's not a phrase. <gasps> but but we've betrayed our listeners before we've even begun. I know. Just when you are listening to this podcast, and we have now recorded about seven or eight different episodes, mm-hmm. um, honestly. And as we're going back to re-record the first one to improve the sound quality... Um, we're kind of more in a groove now, which we think hopefully makes we it hope. better. Yeah. We hope. And you're going to see that we, it's really, uh, to be honest, as much as this is about looking up the history and understanding why we say the things we say and where they came from, this is also a ton about my relationship with my daughter, Milo, and a um, celebration of that. Yeah. It's a good chance for us to hang out. Yeah. And if people listen, great. And if not, we're having a good time. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. So here we go. All right, Milo. Hello. As we start, we are going to talk about a song. So to get into a little bit of the groove of that, uh-huh. I want you to talk a little bit. Of, well, you like music, right? Yeah, I would consider myself a musician and a music appreciator. Yeah, and you you play some instruments. I do. What do you play? I play the guitar, 
the ukulele, a little bit of piano, but very badly. Sorry, mom, who was a music <laughs> teacher. Uh, I have a cigar box guitar. I played French yeah. horn for a while. That's right. And harmonica. I'm pretty good at harmonica. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know I play harmonica? Well, I didn't know you were pretty good at oh, it. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> I haven't heard you play, like, ever. It's not that I've heard it and go, hmm, she's mediocre. <laughs> eh, could do better. And this is why we have a podcast to repair our relationship. Uh-huh. No. This is therapy, y'all. So, anyway, what is one of your favorite songs right now? What's one of your go-tos? So, the main one that's been stuck in my head recently has been... And uh, You Are Not Alone from Into the Woods. Because oh. I'm a huge musical nerd. Um, and that is just a really beautiful show and a beautiful yeah. song. And it's applicable to the times that we are in. Yes. And <laughs> that's, we try not to date our podcast episodes a ton. But at some points, it just feels like it's really difficult not to. Yeah. And we are in... Especially since being in kind of extraordinary times. Yeah. Yeah. And this will be something. It's It's strange living in times like this where you know... It will be talked about for a very, very long time after this. Yep. So, without further ado, you are into music. You like musicals. A lot, yeah. Yeah, and so Into the Woods. And Mm -hmm. what's the song? It's called You Are Not Alone. Okay. It's a beautiful show about parenting. My, what I'm listening to right now, and I, and you know this, and your older sister Molly, (laughs) we have a tendency to destroy songs by playing them over and over again. My father and my sister will discover a song that they really like and then just literally play it on loop. I remember a specific day when I was maybe 12 where my 15-year-old at the time sister uh, discovered a song called Trollywood by Isley, (laughs) I believe, and literally just had it on loop from dusk till dawn. Okay. Dawn to dawn till dusk. I don't do that. I don't loop the song it's after. It's rough. It's not. And then when she found Wicked. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's another story. I'm not that bad. I'll play the song maybe two, three times in a day, but then I'll do that every or day. Or in the for, same car ride. Well, not not that often of that. <laughs> anyway. My songs right now, I'm listening to a lot of The Killers. Oh. And uh, Brandon Flowers had a solo album. Really enjoying the song Fire in Bone and oh. Can't Deny My Love. I'm enjoying those a lot. Lovely. But today, we are going to talk about what is arguably the most popular song in the world in history up to oh. this point. Now, what do you think that song might be? Well. Forget it. You know the answer to that. <laughs> but I don't want our listeners to know. So I'm going to give a couple clues. You know what song it is. Before <laughs> you knew the answer, what might have your guess, some of your guesses been? I... Maybe would have guessed like Auld Lang Syne, something like that. Um, sure. I think I may have guessed the actual answer. Amazing Grace yeah, would probably be another good one. Yeah. Um, but a couple a couple hints for our listeners as to some of you may think you know it. And um, be curious if you want to give us some feedback on what your guesses were. Yeah. I mean, you're going to know here in just a minute. I'm not going to leave you until the end of the episode. I'm not pulling a Paul Harvey here. <laughs> uh, for those of you who know who Paul Harvey is... If you don't, look him up. He's an amazing storyteller. Oh, I thought it was maybe the Family Feud guy, but I think that's Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is his brother, Paul. No, no, Paul Harvey had a radio show. He did like a five-minute segment, and they'd play the Paul Harvey part. Well, it's about ten minutes. He'd tell a story, and at the end, he'd explain who... He'd tell the story, and you'd be like, oh, "Oh, I wonder who he's talking about. And And then it would be someone you know. And that person, and now you know... The, the rest, rest of the story. I've heard that, yeah. Oh, okay. Now I know where it's from. Yeah. The more you know. That's that's right. And there's the musical part coming up. 
So this song that we're going to talk about in today's episode, our inaugural podcast, mm-hmm. was written around 1893 by two sisters. Going way back. So before I tell you what the title is, I want to just give you a few facts about it. Mm-hmm. So this song is considered the most recognized song in the English language. Okay. I was surprised to see what number two was. Number two is for he's a jolly good fellow. Interesting. Yeah, and it makes me feel like some, and sometimes we only have access to the research we have access to, so that that feels like maybe that's a little dated, but that's what it said. <laughs> the lyrics to this song that's the most recognized have been translated into at least 18 languages. Mm-hmm. This song has played a very important role in the copyright laws in the, in the United States and even around the world, which we're going to get into in a little bit. And though even though it was written in the late 1800s, 1800s, it has only been in the last few years that the copyright has officially expired. We're going to talk a little bit about copyright and public domain in this podcast as well. We're going to learn today, y'all. Also, another hint. This is probably one of the first songs that you ever learned all the words to. And this is a big, this is a big clue. If you're like most people, you hear it every year. That's right. I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course. Not really. Ha. Oh, no. It's actually happy birthday. You tricked us all. <laughs> I did. Uh, and see, hopefully hopefully people found that funny or they've already turned the podcast <laughs> off, which which is fine. Uh, but the state, there's the full name of the song is this, is Happy Birthday to You. Okay. That's the full song, full title. There's actually a second verse as well. Oh, I did didn't you know that. Know? There is. And it is... From good friends and true, from old friends and new, may good luck go with you and happiness too. Cute. Yeah. Verse two. So different countries have their own variations of this song. In Australia, they followed up with hip hip hooray three times. Okay. They do that. And I I have a friend, Jane, in Australia, (laughs) and she told me that was true. In Canada, we've all heard this. Of Canada? Yes. yes. We've all heard of Canada. America's I have hat. indeed. I know it well. But we know, and I've been in Canada. Me too. Yeah. So in Canada, they started the Are You One, Are You Two. <sighs> and suddenly she It's hates. the Canadian's fault. I knew it. They, as, as the Canadian's fault, and as in many things, actually. Yes. There's you know. always the one guy that starts that, and everyone else hates that person. Especially, Unless it's a five-year-old. If it's a five-year-old, it's fine, or anything under that. What's but the cutoff age? Five. It's obnoxious. It's five. Yep. That's oh. what I'm going with. Anything older than five, cut it out. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, and I know that there's people who start, and they're like 82, and uh-huh. no one, they can't ever con- complete that. That's just that's just silly. But it, this is the weirdest one. In Iceland, they actually hit you in the head of the frying pan after the oh, singing no. is done. It's, it's a tough country. Yeah, for sure. you have to be. No, yeah, that's, you that's, make it through those tough winters. <laughs> that's true. Well, we live in Michigan, so Fair enough. we do know a little something about some tough winters. But we're enjoying our three weeks of sunshine. We're in the month of June. <laughs> yes. Uh, we a little bit. So, no, they don't do that in Iceland. And oh. We just lost all the Icelandic listeners. Unfortunately. Sorry, guys. In, in you all had concussions anyway. <laughs> That's right. In Reykjavik. Reykjavik. What? Reykjavik. Reykjavik? Yeah. Did I say it right? No. What? I didn't? Say it again. You didn't the first time. What? Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Yeah. Okay. I'll make sure. I didn't I didn't know I was saying it wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we're learning through the podcast <laughs> just as you are. And another interesting note about this song 
In many other countries where English is not the primary language, the song is still sung, but usually in English. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, as we start to dig into the history of this song, and there's there's a lot here, I'm going to condense a lot of it. There was two six two sisters actually came up with the song. Their names are Patty and Mildred J. Hill. Oh. Now, for some reason, Mildred has her middle name mentioned, and Patty does not. Patty don't roll like that. Patty don't roll like that. I don't. Maybe she doesn't have a middle name. Could be. We don't know. But we got Patty and Mildred J. Um, but the origins of this song are enmeshed in controversy. Oh. Yeah, there are. Who there, knew? Well, the crazy thing is we research and do more and more episodes of this podcast, mm-hmm. and the research is is more, even more fun than I thought it would be because it's very you bump into some really crazy and wild stuff, and some of the future episodes get a little bit nutty, and some of the stories. Um, in fact, episode two, paint the town red, woo, that's a ride. Goes places. Yeah, it really does. That's your teaser to go listen to episode two. But a lot of our. The things that were in the phrases that we're researching, I was surprised how murky a lot of these are. Mm-hmm. Where, and you'll hear us say that in future podcasts. Like, you know, there's just not a totally clear idea of where this phrase came from. It's in the case of this song as well. But what we do know is we know that Patty Hill, one of the two sisters, um, was uh, actually related to Benny Hill. With, no, that's not. That's probably not true. <laughs> Another um, famous songwriter. <laughs> it's called Yakety Sax. It is. And, it's great. Um, we did not play any of the songs, so we cannot be sued. So, that. <laughs> so she was, at the time she wrote the song, she was a kindergarten principal in Louisville, Kentucky. And Mildred J. was a pianist and a composer. Oh. And... As the story goes, they wrote this song because they were just trying to come up with a song, a welcoming song for the kids to come in, to come and start the day. Mm-hmm. As they started the day, they, they actually it was a good morning to you. Instead of happy oh. birthday, it was good morning to you is how it started. Okay. Now, you may not, maybe you, I know you've realized this, but as you listen to this, you may have wondered like, hey, I go to a restaurant and I go there on my birthday or I go there and someone else is having a birthday and... You sometimes have those really super loud, obnoxious, like, Hey, everybody at the restaurant! It's our birthday! Because it's demons. It's run by demons, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Or, or as we like to call it, McDonald's. No! we They're going to sue us. Yeah, um, probably. They're probably. But, but I'm just trying to um, mimic the, the really loud, obnoxious person that seems to... Always get the job of announcing the birthday. Yeah, I used to have to do that. And I am not extroverted enough for what? that. Was that? When was that? I was a waiter. My first ever job was as a waiter at a restaurant called Russ's. Yes. Um, which is a West Michigan chain. It is. Uh, also called Heaven's Waiting Room because it's all, oh. all Dutch people. Wow. Um, one of the things I do for fun, uh, kids, is I on the Facebook, I will do top 10 lists. And I did top 10 rejected slogans for Russ's restaurant restaurant and I, I i thought that that would that would have been a great one. Oh wow it is it's dining with the elderly dutch is what's happening at the russes it certainly is so it's, you gotta sing loud because otherwise they can't hear you <laughs> they can't hear what's that yeah now we're singing we're singing your birthday ethel it's your birthday <laughs> sorry i don't know why ethel who knows ethel so they can't you couldn't legally sing happy birthday at russes to your customers right because if you did, it was copyright infringement. Yes. And that's why when you go to Red Robin or 
different restaurants where they sing your uh, birthday. They do a birthday song. They don't do happy birthday. They do some variation of happy, happy birthday from us to you. Eat your food, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or uh, the one, I, so I also work as a um, murder mystery actor. And when we do public shows that aren't like, you know, hired, yeah. um, we have, for the public shows, we have to do a special celebration song. At yeah. the end. Because people will go there for birthdays or for, you know, we had one go for a baby shower. I don't know why you would go to a murder mystery for a baby shower. That's... Yeah. Uh, that's a choice. So he always go, oh, is there any, you know, proposal, celebration, any divorces, all that, you know, <laughs> good stuff. Um, but then we have to sing, this is your special song. It isn't very long. And then y'all walk away. Oh, I like so that. That's our, yeah. Okay, that's I like fun. it too. Yeah, that, that's good. So the... Happy Birthday actually was released from its copyright. The copyright expired, I should say, in 2016. Oh. This song is written in 18... Pretty recent. Yeah. Written in 1893. Copyright expires in 2016. Copyright normally doesn't last that long, right? It does not. And we will touch on that in a few minutes here. And it's just kind of goofy. By one estimate, Happy Birthday is the highest earning single song ever. With estimated earnings since its creation of $50 million U.S. money. And all that money went to Patty and Mildred, I suppose? You know, I don't... I I was not able to find how much, if any, they really benefited from this song. My guess would be probably not a lot because they are women from... A couple the from early, a while ago. Early 1900s. Yeah, they probably didn't see a lot of monetary gain from no, that. No, I probably not. If you know and have information about that, you could please let us know. If you are Pat, Patty and or Mildred, they have hit been, us up. They have been deceased for a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. They did. Uh, they made it to about the hey, mid-1900s. If, if they want to contact us from beyond the grave, I'm more than happy. Well, it depends on the time of day because that could be creepy. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be sensitive about that. So this little song, designed as a good morning song to elementary school kids, it, who knew it would have such an it had a really big impact on copyright laws in America and around the world. And again, we're not going to go into a ton of detail, but this, as we found out in a lot of the things that we research, we go on a lot of bunny trails, and you're just going to have to you'll have to get used to that, and hopefully you'll enjoy that. And but hop along with us. Hop along, kids. But when we find something interesting, we'll just go down that trail for a little bit. We'll mm-hmm. come back. We'll come back. Don't worry. We won't get lost, usually. Like the thread through the labyrinth, we'll find our way through. But I was honestly very surprised at how much information is on Happy Birthday. In fact, in 2009, a professor at George Washington Law University, Robert Brenai, I I still have a problem with that. I'm showing her. Brenai, maybe? Brenai, okay. We'll go with that. Uh, he went nuts and extensively <laughs> researched this song. And he ended up writing a 68-page paper Goodness. on the origins of the song and how it impacts copyright law. And this is fun. His paper inspired a lawsuit as well. Crazy. And now I'm going to read that entire paper to you. Buckle up. <laughs> nah, not really. Happy birthday was also mentioned um, by Associate Justice Stephen Breyer. Stephen, thanks for listening. In a case where the U.S. Supreme Court upheld what was known as the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. Oh, that was a lot of words. It was a lot of words. Now, it's time for a bunny trail. Uh-huh. And I almost, if we were like one of those podcasts where we had lots of sound effects, yeah. we would have a little sound effect yeah. every time we went off on a tangent. Like on a, a morning trail. news show. Yeah, yeah, what would that noise be? Bunny trail. 
<laughs> there it is. So uh, another bunny trail here. I want to talk for just a minute about our good friend Sonny Bono. Because mm-hmm. he's an interesting I dude. I remember him well. <laughs> yeah. I know some of you uh, probably, I imagine a lot of you have never heard of Sonny Bono. But he was a singer turned politician. And you may not recognize his name, but I bet you remember the name of his ex-wife. Do a you woman. believe in life after love? Yes. That's pretty good. It was not bad. I heard worse. <laughs> um, Cher. Uh-huh. So Sonny Bono was married to Cher. Yeah. And of course, people who are really up into their 60s and 70s music or who are in their 50s or above like myself, they remember Sonny and Cher. And mm-hmm. you're not going to believe they had this very clever name for what they they were. They're a musical duo. Yeah. And they were known as Sonny and Cher. Clever. Yeah, I know, right? They even, and I remember this, they had a fairly popular show in the early 70s. Lasted four seasons, and again, clever name, Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour. Wow. And they Ain't did, nobody going to be confused about <laughs> No. It was real wacky. Um, I remember, we watched it. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember watching part of it, and they would, it was more like a variety show. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. And they dressed, you should check out their outfits, because it screams 70s. Yeah. They were the height of fashion. I do so, like some of Cher's get-ups from over the years. Oh, man. Well, this is... But this is pre-all that. Yeah. Like, she didn't have as wild of the get-ups as she did back, you know, as she started really going in the 80s and 90s and getting crazy stuff. A couple little bits of trivia about Sonny and Cher that I thought were interesting, and hopefully you agree. Sonny was 5 foot 5 inches. Not very tall. He's a short man. And Cher is 5'9". So, one of those rare instances... The woman was taller than the guy. Mm-hmm. And on a very public scale. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see that a ton. No. And sadly, they divorced in 1974. And then later after that, on January 25th, 1998, Sonny Bono died in a skiing accident. Oh, no. He skied into a tree ah. going like 40 miles an hour down the hill. Yeah, that, that'll do it. And I remember this. And of course... And this is how we are. We try to cope with tragedy with humor. Mm-hmm. Two days, after, probably same day after he died, there were jokes going around about Sonny Bono dying. And I just have to mention, just and I don't know why, but I'm going to... The joke is that the, that was the tree that Sonny Bono uh, ran into was his greatest hit. Yeah, that's rough. That's yeah, not great. That's rough. Yeah, I uh, wasn't... No one was pining for that joke. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That is not okay. No, okay. Oh, well, we should leave this alone. No, we're done. We're stopping because people are shutting this off in droves. Dad puns. Oh. We are snow sorry. Oh, no. That was slick. Oh, we got to stop. People are going to stop. Okay, listening. move on, right, move okay. on. So, in another little fun bit of trivia, uh, Sonny Bono. Can't ski, leave it. Oh, you, the problem is, is that I want to match the pun. I have more, but I have to stop. I know, that's the problem. Yeah, you gotta, you got to cut it off at some point. And another, so, Sonny Bono, interesting little tidbit about him, besides his height and how he died, tragically. Uh, he remains the only member of Congress to have scored a number one pop single on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Damn, Congress, get on it. Come on, they're slacking. Uh-huh. But they had somebody. They got yeah, somebody to represent. Well, at least one. All right. So we're going to go back to the lawsuit, the uh, Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. Uh, the main question 
and I, I found this very interesting, is you start to get into the idea of copyright and public domain and some things. Mm-hmm. And I promised you in the beginning of the episode we'd get there, we're here. So the main question this lawsuit addressed was this. How long should you be able to copyright something? Mm-hmm. So how long can you own something before it becomes available for anyone to use? Uh, you can use something that is under a copyright if you want, but then normally you have to pay the person or company that owns what was produced. Right. And after a period of time has gone by, arts, books, music, characters enter what is called the public domain. And once that has happened, anyone can use that media without cost. So to talk just a little tiny bit about copyright law and this thing known as public domain. So if you aren't sure what public domain means, I found a pretty simple definition on the college, the Stanford College website. It's at stanford.edu. The term, tu- <laughs> the term public domain refers to creative materials that are not protected by intellectual property laws such as copyright, trademark, or patent laws. The public owns these works, not an individual author or artist. Anyone can use a public domain work without obtaining permission, but no one can ever own it once mm-hmm. it enters the public domain. So, of course, copyright, trademark, patent laws are really important. They allow the creator of something to be the only one to profit from right. its creation. Which is great to have because otherwise larger, you know, richer companies would just gobble up every idea. Right. And then... And it like, would dissuade individual, you know, creativity. Yeah. And like you had mentioned, we've got Mildred and Patty J. Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably didn't make anything off of this because right. somehow that song, which I wish I knew the history of that because I'm really interested in like, who heard that song? And I was right. like, oh, that, that's the thing. The actual words, the happy birthday words tied to the music, I don't think it was until about 1912. Mm. Uh, and then there's this crazy history of different companies buying it and selling it, being sold and gobbled up by bigger companies. We'll talk about that in just a second. So it's really important that people are able to profit off of what they actually create. I mean, I think so. Right. In in the society that we live in, yes. Yes. In an idealistic society, like, it wouldn't be so, like, monetarily driven necessarily because that yeah. has certain, like, commodifications over what's created. But, like, in the yeah. society we live in, I definitely want creators to be compensated for their For sure. I work. wish we could throw ideas and, and, and interesting things out there that somebody wouldn't try to steal it and make yes. money from it away from someone else. Um, like, and I wish also that people wouldn't just monetize everything. Yes. It, it, in that light, we do have some merchandise. So if you'd like to purchase it, no, I'm totally, <laughs> We don't have merchandise at this time. Not, <laughs> but we will because everything gets monetized. Uh-huh. But if you want a mug, maybe we can make that happen. So according to the Copyright Act of 1976, this act said that the copyright would last for the life of the author plus 50 years. Or... 75 years for a work of corporate authorship. The 1976 Act also increased the extension term for works copyrighted before 1978 that had not already entered the public domain from 28 years to 47 years, giving a total term of 75 years. The 1998 Act, the aforementioned Sonny Bono Act, which also was mockingly known as the Mickey Mouse Act because Disney was very interested and is very interested in protecting um, this character they own 
called Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe a little bit ironic because it seems that Walt Disney kind of stole him in the first place, but that's another story for that's another day. That's a different time, and please don't sue us, Disney, because that is a company that will... Uh, if you use their imagery, they will come after you if they yeah, find I'm out about it. pretty strict about that. Yep, they don't like it. But, I mean, it it makes them a lot of money. So, I mean, I, I do understand it mm-hmm. to an extent. So, the 1998 Act extended these terms to life of the author plus 70 years and for works of corporate authorship to 120 years after creation or 95 years after publication, whichever, and sooner. Copyright protection for works published before January 1, 1978, was increased by 20 years to a total of 95 years from their publication date. In the European Union, and this is where we start to get into global copyright Mm -hmm. and and how that impacts, uh, copyright lasts for the life of the author plus 70 years. Patty Hill, the last remaining survivor of the song, she died in 1946. So that's why the copyright expired on January 1st, 2017 is when happy birthday. But if you go to restaurants now, they still don't sing happy birthday because I I still think it's, I just think they're in the habit of not doing it. Yeah. They spent too long writing those long, (laughs) intricately lyriced. Yes, I know. Uh, Uh, So... Happy birthday, most recently, the rights of it were eventually passed on to a company called Warner Chapel. And of course, Warner Chapel was spending a lot of money trying to keep the song under their ownership as long mm-hmm. as they could. Because they could charge up to $10,000 per use of the song if they wanted to. Now, just a tiny little bit of information about Warner Chapel. They... So their catalog consists of of over 1 million compositions and 65,000 composers with offices in over 40 countries. Wow. So it's a real big deal. It's quite a behemoth. It is a huge company, and this involves just an incredible amount of money. Mm -hmm. And just that little song written by the Hill Sisters has had this huge impact on how copyright and public domain and I can't even imagine how much money has been spent legally. Right. And this little song has impacted that so much. So when you hear the song Happy Birthday again, now you're going to have a little bit more information. And, you know, maybe start up a a conversation with somebody and mention the podcast. (laughs) Maybe you could do that. Or at least it'll give you something to think about while people are singing Happy Birthday to you and you don't know what to do. You can distract yourself by just thinking about the history. Oh, you don't? What are you talking about? What do you? So when people are singing Happy Birthday to you uh, on your birthday, probably, uh, what do you do while you're just sitting there? Oh, that's a good point. I thought you were like a bystander listening to this. I'm like, why aren't you singing no, along? No, Like, I will sing along happily. Um, but you do. when when it is your birthday and you're just sitting there, like, looking around, like, just kind of nodding. Like, yeah, like, yeah ah. thanks. You know, I hadn't thought of that. There's always that awkward moment. And it, this, uh-huh. the song seems to last a long time. When you're in the middle of it, yes. And not and allowed like, to sing along. And then you kind of get that awkward look on your face. And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, and then they do the one. Are you yeah, too? and then you're like, okay, never mind. And you're like, I hate Canadians. But yeah, that's exactly. Like they were demonic Canadians. So now so. you can just... Think about this history while you brace yourself for the frying pan to the head. That's only in Iceland, and I made that up. So I wanted to go over just a couple of the more famous renditions and mention of the song Happy Birthday as we wrap this. 
I have to go back to one of my favorite Christmas movies, Apocalypse Now. No, no, Elf. Okay. Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. I do. It's a good Uh, movie. Okay, so some famous performances of Happy Birthday to You. Number one has to be Marilyn Monroe Mm -hmm. singing Happy Birthday to John F. Kennedy in May of 1962. Yes. You have a little story associated with this. I do. I was going to bring it up. My dear, dear friend uh, in high school, I probably won't say his name, just as further. You did the first time. Oh, okay. Well, Zach. His name is Zach. Um, He's a very nice kid. He would, on people's birthdays, sing that to them in the full Marilyn Monroe style. Yeah. Uh, He'd, like, get down on his knees and do the whole, like, you know, Marilyn Monroe sex. I I wouldn't say he nailed it, but his heart was, his heart was in it. <laughs> he, he's great. He's one of the most uh, enthusiastic people I've ever met. So. <laughs> That's an interesting compliment. It kind of says a lot. Zach, if you're listening, I, I know that Milo loves you. So Yeah, you're great. So um, the copyright is also referenced. And I think this is funny considering uh, where it's from. Disney had a cartoon called Ant Farm, which I'd never heard of. Yeah. And uh, Ant is actually some type of acronym. Uh, there is an episode where the characters repeatedly try to Angry sing the song. Angry nautical tarantulas? Nope, don't think so. We could spend a lot of time guessing what those. <laughs> we're not good at though. So the characters in the episode, a bunch of them keep trying to sing happy birthday only to be cut mm-hmm. off by other characters explaining to them that it's too expensive for them, for them to sing the song. That's funny. Which I think is funny. And lastly, happy birthday was played on another planet. Oh, so on August 5, 2013, the first anniversary of its landing on Mars, NASA's Curiosity rover celebrated its birthday when engineers at Goddard Space Flight Center used the sample analysis at Mars, or the SAM instrument, to cause the rover to sing, that's me doing air quotes, sing Happy Birthday on the Martian surface. So, Happy Birthday... Probably the most popular song in the English language, most recognized, one of the first songs you heard all the words to, huge impact on copyright laws, also used to seduce an American president (laughs) and played on another freaking planet. Do you know the other song that Curiosity played? Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? No. Something by Sonny Bono. (laughs) I'm just branching out here. That was another pun back to the original. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Tree accident. I don't want to get one more. You went out on a limb there. This is one. Um, Now you're barking up. Never. Stop it. No, it'll never end. No, but when Curiosity was uh, decommissioned, I don't know the proper word for that. Oh, did they Um, play Taps? No, they played Billie Holiday's I'll Be Seeing You. Oh, that is is so... so, It's one of the most beautiful, sad songs, and I just think that's very sweet and melancholy. (laughs) It makes me think of the... Of course, I have to think of Wally. The yes. movie Wally by Disney. Curiosity um, and Wally seem to share DNA because they look so. They kind of. They're did. just. They're both really, you know, robots you can love. And they both fell in love with a robot named E. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, I want to mention one last thing because there might be something that confuses listeners in regards to your name. Oh yes, so we recorded this after some of our other episodes um, in which I will be called Michelle. I'm legally changing my name to Milo. So that's just, that's what that is. Just so you know, because I don't want you to be confused. And you're like, wait a minute, this Milo, this Michelle person sounds a lot like Milo. Same person. Just want you to know, it's my daughter. It's Milo. So we want to make sure that you have it. So (laughs) there you go. 
That is the very first episode of Watch Your Mouth. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that you stick with us through the journey of learning where phrases come from. And where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook. We have a group. Um, They can find us on Twitter. We haven't posted anything yet, but I assume we will. Not a thing. Um, You can email us at watchyourmouthpod at gmail.com. And yeah, feel free to review us if you would. It is very helpful to us. And you can find us on a bunch of streaming platforms, the regular places you find podcasts. Uh, Thank you to Tony Gebhardt for our wonderful, wonderful theme song. Love it. It is fantastic. Anything else you got? Nope, that's it. Thank you so much, everyone, for for listening. listening. Okay, stay curious, everybody. Mm